Oh, man. Let's give it up for our teenagers one more time, man. Awesome. Good God. I look back at uh, how formative camp was when I was a kid, youth pastor, and, and uh, even a pastor. Many years I was going to uh, camp. And when we moved up here to West Kendall and we planted Renew Church, um, you know, I've looked back from 2018 when we started this adventure. 2018, we had not yet launched the church, but, but we were in a transition between churches. I wasn't really a part of a church yet, but I sent my daughter uh, with another church to summer camp. And that was kind of a tough thing because we, when I was a, a pastor, youth pastor, we would always like have a, a crowd go, like we would take a bus and it was, it was always like a big thing. And so that was kind of like a down year. 2019, that was our first year at Renew and we had um, just launched the church, but we weren't really, we hadn't developed a youth group, we didn't have a youth pastor, we didn't have a lot of these things yet. And so um, we just kind of like had a little vision trip and we took a van, we rented a van and we took a, a group of teenagers uh, from Renew just for a day trip, just to go see what it was all about. Um, 2020 was COVID, no camp, nothing, no, nobody did anything in 2020. And then this year, to see like uh, that bus full up with kids from Renew Church, man, it really, really blessed me. And it, it just showed me like what a piece of what, amen, yeah, a piece of what God is doing at Renew and just seeing like the, the progression and seeing the things that God's doing. And I, I, I truly believe um, that our youth ministry misfit is just a piece of what the bigger picture of leading people to a renewed life in Christ is, and you're a part of that. Thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for making this church what it is uh, today. So praise God for that. If you're a visitor today, I know we didn't say it earlier, but we would love for you to make this your church home. And this is a connection card. Tear this piece off, fill it out, drop it in the bucket or in the box on your way out. And uh, we would love to, to hear from you to be able to connect with you. Well, let's start with a word of prayer as we get into the word this this morning. You guys ready to receive today? Yeah. Come on. Y'all ready to receive today? Yes. Praise God. Praise God. God, we give you praise. We, we, we uh, clap in anticipation of what you're going to do today, that you're going to speak through me. Uh, and, and God, that your, these, your, your people will have the ears to hear what it is that you want to say to them. Move the distractions out of the way, even move me out of the way, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so hey, let me get right into it. We've been in a series uh, through the book of James called Word, and it's just a book, the, the study of uh, the five chapters, the short chapters in the book of James. You don't want to miss next week. We're going to be talking about the prayer of faith, and that's the final week in the series, so don't miss next week. But um, we started the series, and I started by opening up and introducing this idea that if uh, James is very practical, in it, and I said this, if you want to make a change, you have to make a choice. If you want to make a change, you have to make a choice. You can't just, you know, have these uphill uh, uh, expectations, but you have downhill habits. Like, oh, I really want to do this, but your habits all point to this. You have to say, I'm going to do certain things. And so I started by bringing up these um, really, like, hard-to-stretch denim jeans. They're actually called jeans. And then I talked about the fact that a lot of my jeans are these, like, stretch pants, right? You guys know this ultra-flex jean material that they make now? Well, these are the jeans that I brought up on that, um, on that Sunday that I told you that I was going to somehow, some way 
fit into on, uh, <laughs> on June the 27th. So I've committed to it. I made that. And it's not because I literally just had to suck in. But I've actually lost nine pounds. My goal was 12, but I've lost nine pounds over the last three weeks. And so I'm practicing. That's good. I'm practicing what I preach. I'm trying to live out the fact that if you really want to do something, you've got to do it and not just talk about it. That's what even the book of James is about. We talked about putting your faith in action. Um, we talked about joy in the trial, you know, even to consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds. Um, and last week we talked about watching your mouth, that you got to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. I, I shared with you the story of my dad, Flash Slothmore, when he was um, threatened or being ridiculed by somebody that, that, that was coming into his office, he just slowed down. He didn't react, he didn't raise his, his level to that person's level, he dropped it down a level. And that's what you have to do. Slow to speak, slow to listen, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. This week we're in James chapter 4. We're going to kind of camp out in James 4 and we're going to talk about this message that I've titled, That's Your Problem. That's your problem. That's your problem. There's different ways you could say that, but that's your problem. That's the, the title of this, this message. That's your problem. How many of you um, can relate to any of these problems? Raise your hand if you relate to any of these problems. Man, I cannot get any internet uh, in here. This is the worst room ever. It's so frustrating. Or like even worse, shoot, man, I've got only 3G and I'm, I'm looking for my 4G or even 5G. I wish I had 5G. Um, or man, they don't have my shoe. They don't have my size. They have the shoe, but they don't have my size. They sold out. Or you, you, you got the shoe, but you didn't realize it was going to be so painful, and you, gained, you got a blister on your, your, your foot from that brand new shoe. These are what I would call first world problems. Anybody hear of or know about first world problems? Like, they're not really problems, but they are problems. Like late Amazon packages, or, or delivering the wrong thing, or... Or fighting over where to go out to eat, you know, like in other countries, this may be a surprise to some of you, but there is not like McDonald's, Taco Bell, Subway, and Wendy's on every corner in every city around the world. It's only in our city. It's only in our cities. It's only in America that we can have that kind of problem where we're fighting about and, and not even fighting about it. We just, you know, you know, what's that called? Curbside, each of those spots. We just pull in. We pick up my cheeseburger and her taco and his uh, sub, and, and, and then we're good to go. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem that we live in today. The world is full of problems. Actually, there's 7,874,965,825 problems in the world today. You know what those problems are? People. That's the population of the world as of Wednesday. It could be give or take a few. But that's the population and that's the problem. You are the problem. Bad news, you're dismissed. Get out of here. Uh, but I want to tell you there are solutions to the problems. There's a remedy to your problem. Let's go to James 4. Let's read this verse. What causes fights and quarrels amongst you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, 
that you may spend what you get on your pleasures, you adulterous people. James is writing to Christians. He's writing to the church. And he says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will fl flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is God's word and even when we're not thankful for it, we're thankful for it. Amen? This is the word of God for us today. After reading this, I know what my biggest problem is. It's me. I'm self-centered. I'm constantly looking for ways to serve myself. I'm figuring out how to get the best deal, the closest parking space, the booth, and not the chair at the table. I have the tendency to take care of myself first. I'm self-centered. I'm self-centric. But you're a pastor. I know, but it's, it's true. I'm looking out for number one. I'm trying to take care of of myself I want more constantly thinking just just a little bit more or a little bit better that's consumerism and that's Trevor James is saying that the primary reason for the fights and the quarrels among you are the battles that are within you because your desire inside is so strong you'll fight anyone on the outside even kill to have what you want like uh, Think about this, and some of you are like, well, I would never do that, but it happens, doesn't it? People kill over a car that they cannot even keep. Like, you steal a car in America, there's cameras everywhere, everybody's holding a camera, you're not going to be able to pull that off. You're not going to, where are you going to drive to? We live in a, you know, Florida, I guess you could drive to Mexico, but it's going to take a while. Like, it doesn't work, but why do we do that? Why do we make those decisions? It's these selfish desires within and you're like, oh, but pastor, you're not talking to me. I'm not a felon. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't steal a car. I wouldn't hurt someone over a car. Okay, let me ask you this. Dads, would you steal time from your children? Every time we do dedication, I talk about that, those Saturdays that you have. You, would you steal time, the 968 Saturdays, would you steal it from your kids because you'd rather be out fishing with your buddies? What would you do and how would you do it? What would you put in front of those things that are more important. It's that selfish desire within that creates the hostility on the outside. He says, and then when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So here's, here's point number one. The reason for your problem, and there's notes on the back side of the worship guide, that little slim piece of paper there uh, if you want to take notes. The reason for your problem is hedonism. Hedonism. Hedonism is a big word for pleasure. Hedonism is this pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence. Hedonism is when pleasure is the goal of life. So you may have like your list, like I do mine here, and this is my list of, of things, and I haven't filled it out yet, but these are the things that I want to accomplish. You know, I want to go on vacation, and I want a little bit bigger house, and I want a, a, a new car for my wife, and 
Um, I would like to have this much saved by the time I retire. And I would like to do all of these things. This is my list of things that I want to accomplish. I want to get down to this weight. And I want to uh, see my daughters uh, acquire, uh, accomplish these things in their life or in their families or in their careers. This is my list. It's my desire. It's my everything. And, and oftentimes it's centered on my pleasures. Oftentimes it's centered on my inner desire, the things that I need, not for anybody else, for me. And sometimes it's not even for my family, it's for me first. It's me first, it's Trevor, like I want to take care of me. If there's enough left over for the girls, my wife and daughters, okay. But it's me. That's the problem, that's my problem. And that's hedonism. Pleasure is the chief goal of life. It's the playboy philosophy. It's the playboy mantra. It, it doesn't matter if it feels good, you just do it. That's the way, that, that's, that's the mantra. But you know what the Westminster Catechism is? It's the opposite of the playboy philosophy. The playboy philosophy is, if it feels good, do it. Westminster Catechism is, the chief goal of man is to know God and enjoy Him forever. Do those go together? No. Do those go together? They don't go together. James is bringing out that the problem is, is the purpose of life is uh, uh, for, for many people, and he's talking to the church, he's talking to us, he says, brothers and sisters, is to have pleasure first and foremost. That's the problem. We have this selfish desire. And, and we don't pray and we don't ask God, but even when we do pray, he says, you're asking with the wrong motives, and you're like, God, you know I have a 2018, and you know there's a 2021 now. God, why haven't you provided for me? All the while, there's people in other parts of the world that don't even have shoes. And we're worried about the 2021. And God is saying, check your heart, check your motives. James is telling us, check who you are and what you're asking for. Because your motives are maybe in the wrong place. We start longing for the things of the world more than our own relationship with Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, they come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that second part. I want to be a part of that that says, whoever does the will of God, whoever uh, uh, does the will of God lives forever. The reason for your problems, hedonism. The reason for your problems is this pleasure that's like creeping in, it's creating this result of our problems, which is the next point, hostility on the outside. What causes fights and quarrels among you? It's hostility. This hedonism, the result of the hedonism is hostility. Our selfish desire within us leads to hostility on the outside, like a, like a dog that you, you throw some chicken to it and, and then you try to take it from them. Guess what? They're going to show teeth. They're not going to like it. They're not going to be your buddy anymore. They're going to put their tail down. They're going to come at you. Why? Because they're hostile. Because they have a selfish desire. They want that chicken. And if you try to take it back from them, they're going to bite you. We're that dog. We do that. We have that tendency. We're so hungry for the flavor that we'll bite the one that gave it to us or anything else that gets in our way. James called them... He called the brothers and sisters, he called the church, he called you and me adulterous because they would literally 
commit adultery on God. So what, what is adultery? How does this relate? What does this mean? So, so in the same way that adultery means that you're unfaithful to your spouse, you're married and you, you, you're out of the marriage, you have relations with someone outside of this marriage, he's saying you're adulterous because you have a covenant with God, you've made this commitment to God, here it is, you and God, you and God, and then you step out of that covenant relationship to be in some kind of a relationship with something else. You put that in front, that's hedonism that's pleasure and it's creating this hostility in your life that's the reason this is the result but the good news is and i'm flying through points because of time the re- the, the remedy is humility the results of the problem uh, is hostility but the remedy to your problem is humility the solution is is to ask god for help to submit to God, to resist the devil, to purify your heart. All of these things are things that James says there in verse 4, starting at verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So, so let's just kind of break these down for just a minute. Submit to God. He, he's more than just the guy upstairs or, or um, you know, whatever you want to call him. He he's, wants to be your heavenly father, and he wants to be very involved in your life. And when you don't submit to him, when you're not declaring him as Lord, because that's more than just a nickname, that's, his, that's who he is, that's who you say you are in relationship to him. Like, when you call someone Lord, that means I'm under you. I'm your underling and you're over me. I'm saying you're Lord, submitting to God instead of saying, God, you submit to me. or you, your, your plan is not greater than my plan. And resist the devil. Submit to God and then resist the devil because here's the thing, the opposite is oftentimes what we do. We, we draw near to the things of the world. We draw near to the things that the devil is tempting us with and, and all the while we're not submitting to God. We're doing the opposite. We're ignoring God. We're ignoring God's plans. We're asking for the wrong things. We're, we're, we, we have the wrong motives. Hedonism is our focus. And then James says to purify your heart. Wash your, wash your hands, you sinners. If you got dirt on your hands, you're not going to go eat. You know, especially after the pandemic, like, I'm washing my hands all the time, right? Wash your hands. Purify your heart. If there's something wrong inside, let's get it clean. Let's take care of it. And this is stuff on the inside. Let's, let's purify this stuff that on the inside is making us even impure on the outside. And then I, I see this point, and I kind of sat on this this week as I was studying this text and thinking about what I was going to preach, because verse 9 is not my favorite verse. It's even like hard to, I almost wanted to skip it, but I knew I couldn't. But verse 9 says, grieve, mourn, and wail. So he's saying to humble yourself and submit to God and resist the devil and purify your heart. And then he says, grieve, mourn, and wail. So I thought about maybe we could have a whaling service right now, and then I said, nah, we won't do a whaling service. 
I thought about what is that? What is a wailing service? What does it mean to grieve, mourn, and wail? When do you grieve, mourn, and wail? At a loss. You grieve, you mourn, you wail. Some of you think back to, to saying goodbye to a loved one. Think back to the, the funeral and the passing of someone that was dear to your heart. You grieved, you mourned, and you wailed. Your heart was broken. It wasn't just a, a, a see you later. It wasn't they're moving away and I'll, I'll see them next summer. It was that person in my life, at least on this side of heaven, is gone forever. Till we see each other again. Grieve, mourn, and wail. I wrote this point, and maybe this is the most important point. This is, have a funeral. Have a funeral. You're, you're sometimes just saying, ah, let me just get some, let me get some hand sanitizer, let me clean a little bit of that dirt off so I can walk into church and I feel okay about everything. And then you walk right back into it. No, I'm saying what James is saying is grieve, mourn, and wail. Have a funeral, like let that thing like be done. That sin in your life, let it be gone. Completely and fully surrendered to God, never to return. When something dies, it's gone. And if your selfish desire was your everything, when you let it die, you need to have a funeral and say goodbye. Don't just move away. Kill the desire within. Michael Todd, uh, pastor, well-known pastor uh, in Oklahoma, Pastor's Transformation Church, and he preaches this sermon talking about your list. And um, oftentimes people are making these lists six-figure salary and six kids and size six waist and, you know, 600 series Mercedes and all of these things that we want. And this is our list and this is, you know, God, you've got to give this to me. Delight yourself in the Lord and he's going to give me the desires of my heart because I delighted in the Lord because I, I, I said, praise the Lord, I'm, I'm going to get all of this stuff. Pastor Michael says, this is what you need to do. Rip up your list. Rip up your list. If, you're, if, if, you're, if God's not giving you those things, not to say that there's anything the matter with those things, but if God's not giving you those things, and, and those things you're looking back over the last five, ten years, or five or ten decades, and you're like, God... Like, you have not done any of my list. Rip up your list. Check your heart. Let's, let's get to the, the inside first and let's say, God, what is it that you're doing on the inside of me? Where is the purification? Where is the wrong? What part of this thing was not of you? Rip up your list and say, God, I, I don't want my list. I want your list. God, I want your plan. God, I want your purpose. God, everything that I have, I, I, 
it, it's, it's not amounted to anything because even the, the 600 just doesn't do it. And, and the six figures isn't enough. And the guy next door has a newer thing. Man, I'm guilty of that. I watch when my neighbor pulls in. I, I, I know when he's on vacation. And I think to myself, I wish I was on vacation. It's stupid. But it's real. And I'm saying, rip up your list. If you don't physically have one, go make one this week. Write it down. Write down everything that's on there. And be honest with yourself. It's just you and, and God. Like, nobody else is going to know about it. Write it down. The reality of everything that you wanted to accomplish. Ask yourself, are these selfish desires from within? Or are these God's plan for my life and my future? What is it? And if there's selfish desires within, rip up your list. Let it go. Have a funeral and be done with it. And man, I'm, I'm not preaching this to try to make your life miserable. I'm not preaching this to try to make you say, say wow, this is going to be the worst life ever. I'm preaching this so that you can have the most fulfilled, purpose-driven, hope like centered like life because even when you have all of that stuff like look at the movie stars that have taken their own lives look at the the uh the social media sensations that because now they don't have the same amount of following they've they've given up on everything look at the athletes that have turned to drugs and all kinds of other addiction james is saying Pastor Michael's saying, and what I'm trying to say is, is, rip up your list, let that stuff go. Here's what he, this is how he concludes James 4. Now listen, verse 13, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. We're going to write a list. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? That, that, that verse came to my mind so hard on uh, 1.30 when I watched the, preview, uh, the, 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 the video of what happened 1.30 on Thursday night. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and they don't do it, it is, it is sin. It is sin for them. God help you. God help me. I know my problem and my problem is me. May we be different. May we be changed. May we be new. If anyone is in Christ, not in yourself, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Make today something new. Make today something fresh. Make today the opportunity for God to do in you what you couldn't do in yourself with your list. Even when you accomplished your list and you look back and you're not happy. Trade your list for God's list. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song and our, our worship team is going to make their way up. If, if uh, you need prayer, we've got prayer ministers that are going to join me up front here and they're going to be uh, giving you an opportunity to pray for a need. I love the, the front of the church because it's representative of an altar. It's, it's, there's nothing up here. There's not even a piece of furniture up here that is an altar, but it's representative of you saying to God, God, I'm giving you my stuff. Can you do it in your chair? Yes. 
But sometimes there's something about that physical moment, like it was for the kids at teen camp, when they came forward and they walked forward and they said, oh God, I give you my life. And a brother or sister came around them and wrapped their arms around them and prayed for them and laid their hand on them and encouraged them. I don't know what you need today, but I'm encouraging you to come forward, to give it to God, to let God have his way in your life, to rip up your lists, to surrender your plans and say, God, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm giving you my life. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, here and now, we just come before you and we just put every need in your hands. We put every want and desire in your hands. Our selfish desires, we put them in your hands. God, we, we submit to you today. We resist the devil today. We purify our hands today, oh God. We even grieve, mourn, and wail over the, the time lost or the relationships broken because of the list that we've created. Here and now, oh God, pray that you'd speak to the hearts of these, your people. Minister to them and help them. Show them, God, what it is that you want to do in their lives. If there's even one person in the room today that doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, today can be the day of salvation for you. I'll be honest, I can't see every hand. We've had uh, some lighting difficulties this week, but this can be between you and God, and after the fact, you can reach out to me or fill out the connection card and let us know. But if you want to make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not, it's not for the person next to you, it's for you. Today's the day. It's a prayer that goes like this. You can pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. God, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've made mistakes in my past. And I'm praying that, God, that you would forgive me for my sin. I want to be in a relationship with you personally, knowing you and being walking with you. And I, I want to know you more. God, I, I ask that you would just begin to change me from the inside out take away my selfish desires and put your desire inside of me trade my list for your list dear heavenly father today i'm declaring you as my lord and my savior i thank you that you died for me thank you that you've forgiven me and that you've set me free it's in jesus name we're going to sing this closing song. If you need prayer for any reason at all, you come forward. We'll pray with you.
And what a what an encouraging message. I know we all relate to it. <laughs> There's not one person sitting here this morning that's like, nah, I can't relate to that at all. It's a challenge. But I want to continue to challenge you guys as we think about what Pastor Trevor just preached on and ripping up our lists and allowing God to have his plans in our life, man. I, I encourage you guys to and to befriend one another, man. Share these struggles, share these, these things, these sin issues in your heart with each other so that not only we can surrender them to God and, and, and be, be transparent in that relationship, but also so that we can be transparent in these relationships. Because this walk, man, it's hard. It's a hard walk. We need each other. I think our, our teens figured that out this past week. 
And so, man, find somebody. Find me. I, I don't, I really don't, like, come tell me. Text me. Find somebody here at this church that you can share your burdens with, that you can say, brother, sister, I am struggling in this area. This part about me is not okay. Please pray with me. Help, what do I do? Help me. So first and foremost, like Pastor Trevor said, yeah, we, we bring that to God first and foremost. But it doesn't end there. Because God will use brothers and sisters in our life to encourage us, to help us, and to help us get through what we're going through. But there's no need, man, there is this misconception that church is supposed to be a place that you go to prove how good you are. That's such a lie. Listen, we're all broken. We're all struggling. We're all dealing with... Church is the place to be open and transparent about these things. Not to try to cover them up and make it seem like everything's fine. That's not what Jesus came for. Men share our burdens with each other. There's no shame in that. So as Pastor Trevor said, rip up your list. Give it to God. See what God is doing. And man, seek a brother or sister, man, that can speak truth in your life that won't judge you, that won't look down on you for your struggles, but will pick you up and let you know I'm with you. I'm praying with you. I love you. I encourage you guys to do that, man. Do something about it. This sounds great, right? It sounds super encouraging, but it's nothing if you walk out of here and don't do anything with it. It's absolutely nothing. It's just words. It's my breath. Do something about it. Do something about it. Man. I have a few announcements to let you guys know. Later on today at 5, we're going to be doing our men's kickball and cookout event. And it's a good opportunity to meet some guys, meet some brothers who are going to be there for you, who are going to encourage you. Um, Pastor Rick has named this the young versus wise game. I don't totally appreciate that name. But it's <laughs> but it'll be at 5 p.m. here at church. We're going to play on the fields over there. It's going to be just a good time and just hang out. And this is for men young and old, high school, all the way to like you know, 90 doesn't matter. Come and hang out with us. All the guys. It's going to be a good time today at 5 p.m. Also coming up this summer, we have some cool stuff for the kids. Uh, we're going to have a family zoo day on July the 17th. We're meeting up at Zoo Miami at 10 a.m. We have 50 free tickets available for kids and families. And this is really going to be a buildup to something that we're doing in the summer called the Summer of Heroes for our RC Kids Ministry. So throughout the month of, um, of July, starting on July the 23rd, I'm sorry, starting on July the 18th through August 8th, we're going to be having Summer of Heroes where we're going to have um, in the house, we're going to have Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, all the kids' favorite heroes throughout the entire month. And we're also going to be teaching on the heroes of the Bible. So it's going to be a fun time for the kids. If you know of a friend or family who has children, they're looking for a church, we believe that this is going to be a fun event for them to kind of come on board and check out what Renew Church is all about. We want to serve the kids. We want to make sure the kids have a fun summer. So spread the word on that. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know there's a few ways to do that. And, man, as you guys saw with the testimonies with our teenagers, your giving matters. Your giving goes to something that is building the kingdom of God and changing lives. And so if that's something that you want to do, I just want to let you know that there's three ways to do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. And you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it um, online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this service. 
God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this church, God. God, I just pray that you bless this offering this morning, God, as we worship you in this way, God. Use it to continue to, to do your plans, Father, to check off the things that are on your list, oh God. And help us to submit to that, God. Help us to be open to it, Lord. And I just pray that you bless these people, God, as they worship you in this way. Be with them. Encourage them, I pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. And now dismissed. Amen.